This is Prisoners of the Moment, bringing you the hottest takes on Mississippi State sports. Real fans, real reactions, real joy, and real disappointment. With Lounge Dog, Jesse Young, and Josh Watson, this is Prisoners of the Moment. All right, everyone, welcome into Prisoners of the Moments podcast. I'm Josh Watson. Uh, here with me, as always, is Jesse Young and Lounge Dog. Uh, man, we have had a lot happen in the last week or two weeks since we did a real podcast. Last week was just kind of a kind of a reach out, touch, you know, reach out and touch people and say, "Hey, keep the Leach family in your prayers." and I think we got the uh, unfortunate news that everyone was kind of expecting with the the passing of head coach Mike Leach. Just an incredibly sad situation for the Bulldog family and for especially for his family, as well as uh, the players on the team. Um, the the outpouring of support from across the country was incredible. There was a memorial service yesterday at the Humphrey Coliseum to commemorate the life of Coach Leach. And uh, it was, I believe it probably would have went about the way he wanted it to go. Uh, Gardner Minshew dropping an F-bomb in the middle of it. So, uh, And old people on Twitter getting upset yeah. about it. Yeah, I, I, I know several people that weren't too happy about that. Well, they can get over it. That was Coach Leach. That was, you know, it like – like Gardner said, you know, just being yourself and not for. I'm gonna try to keep it clean and not caring. Um, but that was it, and and now, you know, Leach leaves behind an incredible legacy, an innovator of the game of football, and uh, a mentor and friend to innumerable people. Um, and now. Along with that, Mississippi State, in trying to keep up, just basically keep some semblance of normalcy in the program, has decided to promote Zach Arnett to head coach. Um, you're, you're what you said a few weeks ago. Yeah. I, came to light under I, different circumstances, obviously. But, you know, we had this discussion about Arnett becoming the head coach a few weeks ago and and you two were – you liked the idea. It, I was I adamantly was, against the idea. But who – you were against the idea? Yeah, I was adamantly against the idea. I compared him to a Jeremy Pruitt hire. Yeah. Uh, so, if I can, at this point, uh, walk that statement back. <laughs> no, 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 um, no, no, no. I would like to do so. We have it on the record. on Twitter for that. If only that was the episode Josh didn't record. Man, that would have been great for me. Mm. Bummer. But, yeah, we, we talked about that, and obviously um, a couple of things. One, you feel like, and we've heard this uh, from a couple different people, that you feel like with Arnett's buyout and his contract, that perhaps this was the long-term plan, was to keep him around long enough to make him the head of the program. Obviously, the circumstances are just unimaginable, you know, unprecedented. And I feel like if that was the long-term plan, that was definitely stamped and endorsed by Coach Leach. Yeah, 
And and you see, I mean, at least from what I could tell, it seemed like they worked very well together, which Leach had a, a very good rapport with his assistant coaches, mainly, uh, I say mainly, but for one reason, because he stayed out of their business. He let Arnett handle the defense. You and, have a guy like Arnett who's a very type A personality, full autonomy, and let him do his job, he's going to like working for you. Yeah, and now, you know, it's it's really crazy to talk about because the last the last 14 days or so have, have just been, well, I say the last 14, almost the last 14 days, have just been a whirlwind of events between the Dylan Johnson tweet entering the transfer portal, all that, and he, of course, came out and, you know, I, I don't want to say back, you know, backed off, but you know, offered his support for the Leach family. And, you know, things were probably said there that were said in anger. And all of us know how, you know, how that can kind of happen and, and, and affect you in different ways. And so, you know, between that, between the event with Leach, between his passing, the the uh, memorial service, and now Arnett being the coach, it's just, man, it's a lot to take in. And I don't know how you can touch on all the different the different aspects of this. And, and maybe at some point here in the next couple of weeks, uh, we try to get a little bit more in-depth into what the Arnett program and staff will look like here at Mississippi State. Um, but for- you, you really got to give credit to Chris Parson. I, I tweeted oh, about yeah. 15, 20 minutes ago, I said, I said him only. I think we lost one guy. Everybody else stayed committed. Uh, kind of yeah, showed the one already. The one guy we lost was a lot. Uh, it already shows his um, leadership and leadership skills, leadership abilities. So that's a positive sign. And I, also, I don't think we didn't mention earlier Woody Mark staying. So. Along with the entire outside, defensive unit outside of Emmanuel Forbes, well, that was a that that was that was a given, and then picked up a kind of kind of diving into the recruiting class a little bit. Huge get with uh, Isaac Smith out of Fulton. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and like exactly like you said, Lounge. I mean. I was excited already for for Parson to be a part of this program, but seeing the the leadership characteristics that you talked about and the support that gives you a lot to look forward to. And and you got to feel like between leadership ability and athletic ability, that, that's going to be that's going to be a dude here in the next few years for state. Well, I'd sort out that quarterback stuff because it's. It's a, it's a, it's a very field room right now. So, but yeah, kind of what you, I saw the interview with uh, Zach Arnett uh, with SEC Network, like Alyssa Lang, like asking him what kind of offense scheme would be. I don't think he said it's going to have some of the same concepts, but I think he. From what I took from it, it's like he's going to be getting more to running the football again, a little more frequently. 
it's kind of like a well-known Mississippi State podcaster said the other day. It's you feel like we're going to get what we've been wanting all season, but now you kind of don't want it because of the circumstances. But it, it, I don't think there's any way we're not more of a run-oriented team. Not run – maybe I worded that wrong. We're going to be running the ball, you know, regularly 25, 30 times a game rather than once in a blue moon. It's going to be exciting to see. I want to see how uh, – see what they look like in the bowl game. I know Steve Spurrier Jr. obviously is kind of expecting – or that's what I think me and Josh or somebody said. He was going to be the OC for this game. Yeah, I think so. So, as far as moving forward – um. What do y'all see as far? I don't want to. I don't know if we need to necessarily nail down, you know, a bunch of candidates now, but top names that you're seeing out there as far as OC candidates for state, which you're going to need moving into next year. God, don't make me guess because right now I, I'd be throwing off the top names like Garrett Riley, but I know he's in a good situation and he. So. Gosh, I couldn't even tell you the offense coordinator right now. So, I mean, everybody – I keep hearing Seth Latrell's name brought up. I've heard you that. Know, I, don't, I don't know if he would want that. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't want that job. I mean, he's currently unemployed. So, uh, But, I, you know, with him being a head coach for, what, like seven years at North Texas, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah something like uh, that. I mean, I, I don't know if he – I don't know if he's just going to kind of wait on another – head coaching opportunity or or if he would go down to a coordinator position. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of it's going to be what kind of personality matches up with Arnett, too. Um, it's going to have to be somebody that Arnett trusts fully. I really feel like Arnett's going to find somebody he can give full autonomy to, like Leach did for him over the defense. I, I really feel like he's going to find somebody that will – be almost a you know an assistant head coach in the sense that they run totally run the offensive side of the ball. And when you get into talking like that, you know, that's why part of the reason why Latrell's name comes up so much with prior head coaching experience because being able to kind of help continue to mentor uh, Zach Arnett and and mold him into a, more of a head coach, which kind of I think Jesse, when you talked about a few weeks ago. That was your concern was, you know, he hasn't been a head coach. Now, nobody's a head coach until they are, obviously. Uh, And it seems that he has some of the intangibles and obviously has the fire and the motivation uh, and the ability to, to, well, to repeat myself, motivate his team. Um, But, you know, having another coach on the team – on the staff that uh, has that prior experience will definitely be a benefit if they're able to get him. Yeah. And I don't think Graham Harrell is out of the question for offensive coordinator either. I mean, everybody's saying he's off the table because of the Purdue job that he took, but Arnett did the same thing when he left San Diego state. He was the defensive coordinator at Syracuse for like 10 days. Yeah. And, and, and I can't help but think, uh, Mississippi State has a, a lot more money than Purdue does for athletics. One would hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One would hope. I'm about to say, I know 
I'm not. I, I said, I know we're not Alabama rich. No, but we can't be Purdue poor. <laughs> Man, it's so we'll, we'll we'll look into that. You know, we'll kind of touch on that a little bit more in the weeks to come, uh, and see. You know, either either look ahead or if hires are made before we 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 uh, get on here again. Kind of recap. I will say this see how about Zach Garnett. I will say this about Zach Garnett to defend myself from a few weeks ago. I do love Zach Garnett. I think he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. And I feel really good about him being the head coach under the circumstances. I don't think we could have gone out and found anybody better right now for the job. And I think long term, he could, you know, he could be the answer for Mississippi State. Uh, I would say it's been a while since we've had a, a defensive minded guy be our head coach. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, you know, I think my point a couple weeks ago was when I compared him to Jeremy Pruitt, and, and I know, you know, no, everybody's – nobody's a head coach until they're given an opportunity to be a head coach. Nick Saban wasn't a head coach until he was. You know, I understand that, but this is big-time football. Yeah. This is not – this is not, you know, North Texas or, I, or I, South I think, Alabama. This is big-time. I think he understands that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think he has the mentality for that also. You know, it's – he's not – with with the way he presents himself and, and, and his his fire for the game, I mean, he, he's, he's a big – as a big personality, maybe not as much in the interview process, but on the field, a big personality, a big-time motivator. And, you know, like we, we talked about, when you were saying that, Jesse, none of us could have predicted what was going to happen in the last 12, no. 13 days. I mean, that's just, you know, how could you see that coming? And state go – this, this to me, I think one, like we said to begin with, the, the possibility that this may have been the plan long-term is to have Arnett as somewhat the coach in waiting. But – with State not having an athletic director being a week from National Signing Day, I, this is – to me, it's it's really the only – I hate to say, you know, it's the only option, but what else could you do at that point? It's the only option that makes real sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can uh, – and, and I will say this. He has done a hell of a job keeping this recruiting class together. Yes, I mean, like, like Lounge said, we only lost one recruit this whole time, and that was an offensive lineman. I mean, he has done a great job pulling these kids in here. And Chris Parson, dude, he's going to be loved at Mississippi State. Let's let's talk about that because today is National Signing Day. Early signing, early signing day period started today. And the big get, Lounge talked about it earlier, was Isaac Smith, four-star safety – out of Fulton, Mississippi, Itawamba AHS. I I think he also had offers on the table from LSU. I think it was down to State and LSU at the end. And all said and done, Isaac Smith's going to be a Bulldog. Obviously, you got Chris Parson as well, another four-star, and Creed Whittemore out of Gainesville, Florida, uh, probably going to play some wide receiver for the dogs, from what I've heard. Well, first off, 
LSU run out of children's hospitals. Hospitals. <laughs> oh, there's no shortage of uh, Our Lady of the Lakes hospitals down there, or the money that flows through there. Yes. Well, it's legal now, you know. Well, hey, I like I like this comment about he, he wanted to stay in state and represent his state. I wish more kids would realize that instead of going to LSU or Alabama. Like, why well, go there where you, you're literally just a number over there? You could be here. You could actually leave a legacy, like be remembered. And, you know, you kind of wonder if if he sees these guys from the last few years that have that have gone out of state and then ended up just transferring right back home. It's also possible. I mean, a lot of them do it. I mean, you look at – I mean, Kamari Rogers is from Mississippi, correct? Yes. Yep. And, and here he is back back at Mississippi State from Miami. I mean – I think between the – Rodarius Jones, too. The, the commitments the commitments that you have today, the, the signees today, um, the one that, that still, I guess, is kind of – on the fence or, or, or still on the table as, as a possibility that I've heard. Let me make sure before I say this. Uh, and I can't find him. Are you talking about Joe Crocker? Uh, Caleb, Caleb Bryant. Oh. Caleb yeah. Bryant. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Caleb Bryant did sign with State. So, yeah. Yeah. So Out of you, Vicksburg? Yes. I, I've heard, I heard that he was one that they were really, really pushing hard to get. Joe Crocker, obviously, which I think the the needle is pointing towards State on that one. And really, there's three guys that had, well, minus Joe Crocker, who hasn't committed or signed with anyone just yet. But there's three guys, Channing Canada, Azavion uh, Miller, and Marcellus Pulliam, I'm sure I butchered that. Uh, who, you got three guys that uh, had visits, had official visits that didn't sign, and so it really shows, you know, going out and getting the guys, you know, being able to hold on to the guys that you're targeting, and that's what you want. And between the signing class, getting some guys you need in there. Uh, some JUCO transfers, and then obviously uh, transfer portal, getting in uh, Kamari Rogers and Radar Jones. You know, you're filling some spots that you really you providing some depth and filling some spots that you really needed. Desperately, desperately needed. Those two transfers are huge at cornerback. That was our weakest point on the defensive side of the ball, and Thank those guys know. are going to be. Well, and safety. Those two guys, no, Kamari. Safety. Safeties was definitely not corner. Corner was good. It was safeties. Well, now you've got and, the number nine safety in the country, so. Yep. And Leon Bell was a was a surprise. I haven't heard anything really about him until he signed today. Just, the uh, offensive tackle out of yeah. Kilgore, Texas. Yep. Who is 6'8", 320 pounds, by the way. That's what I'm talking about. Beef. That is a man amongst boys. Beef. We're getting back to running the football sounds like. 
Well, you want you want those big, and and the, I heard I heard hate adding them talk about this. You know, you want the big rangy tackles. Those are those are the guys that Mike Leach wanted with the widened stance and stuff like that, so that you can provide a wider pocket. You know, be able to provide protection and get some reach out there to keep defenders away from your quarterback when you're going to be passing the ball 50 times a game. Well, if you look at the offensive linemen that we signed today, 6'5", 6'7", 6'8". Yeah. I'd like for them to also be red graders. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And then, did anybody? I, I, I haven't. I haven't looked it up. I thought about it earlier. But did anybody look and see, uh, as far as our guys who put their name in the portal, did they end up signing anywhere? I mean, not. I think Rara ended up going to Georgia. I think didn't he? Or is he even committed? Because I heard like I saw earlier like he was leaning toward Georgia. I didn't know if it was official or not. I have a shot. I'll be shocked if he doesn't get on this. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of worried about that. As of right now, ESPN still shows Ra Ra Thomas is a Mississippi State Bulldog. I, I think we're I think we were flirting with a top twenty five class as well. We're number twenty four right now. <laughs> yep, we are number twenty four. And uh, all right, here we go, Josh. Uh, we had an offensive tackle, Gabe Cavazos Jr., uh, enrolled at Southern Miss. Christian Ford is committed to App State. Reed Byers went to South Alabama. Daniel Greek went to uh, school out in Texas. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw which that. one it was. Uh, Xavion so. Thomas looks like he's going to Louisville. Oh, interesting. And on three has uh, Dylan Johnson between Auburn and Syracuse. So, hey, good to Syracuse with uh, Garrett Schrader. Garrett Schrader also, uh, recruit up there. They also have Ra Ra as a ninety-one point eight percent chance to go to Ole Miss. So, oh. yeah, on three also said we'd go four and eight. Well, that's true. Take well, it with a grain of salt. This is all the information we have to go by in this situation. I, so I, I don't trust them worth a damn. I don't trust anything in recruiting worth a damn. We're talking about 17, 18-year-old kids. I don't trust any of this. But what, we do, but what we do know is we have the 24, 24th ranked class in the country right now, which is 10th in the SEC. <laughs> But 24th in the country. Uh, only teams behind us are Missouri, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Bandy. Well, yeah, you're, you're, fill, you're filling spots you need, though. So that's the that's the important right. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I feel really good about this class. I feel better about this class than I felt about a recruiting class in, in a while. Um, there are, on the rankings, there are a few surprises uh, as far as teams go. Um, Texas A&M is at number 14, which is a little shocking to me. South Carolina is at number 16. Shocking with, because it's higher because it's low. Because it's low. Yeah, but they're they not winning kids. any they're not winning any games. And yeah, they got but, kids hitting the transfer portal. 
Oh, I know they got money, but money ain't everything. Yeah, I don't want to go. I, yeah, you pay me to be a loser. I ain't gonna do that. South Carolina has thirteen <laughs> four stars point, right now. John, to a certain point, <laughs> I ain't gonna go play for the Cleveland Browns. Screw that. <laughs> now, if you give me Deshaun Watson's contract, yeah, well, that's that's true. I'm gonna be on the damn scout. I'll be the scout team punter on the damn Cleveland Browns. They wanted me to. Yeah. South so, Carolina's South Carolina's got thirteen four stars, ranked number sixteen right now. Michigan is ranked number seventeen with only nine four stars. Um, but the only teams behind us in the SEC are Missouri at thirty-two, Kentucky at thirty-three, Ole Miss at forty-eight, and Vanderbilt at fifty. Um. I've said earlier, Lane Kiffin relies on that transfer portal way too much. Well, that and they—he really does because they've only got eleven commits uh, total. That's the least amount in the country. I'm almost certain. Um, so he's—he's he's really him and and Chip Kelly relies on it too. But even they got more commits than than Ole Miss does. But sorry if you can hear my son crying. Quit um, pinching that baby. Yeah, tell his mama. He's giving his opinion. Yeah. So they've got. He heard you, he heard you say. Third. He heard you say Ole Miss, and you pissed him off. He started crying. Yeah. Well, good boy. Yeah. There you go. So he's obviously they're going to rely really heavily on the transfer portal again this year, which you know it worked out for him last year. So I mean, don't try to fix what's not broken. I mean, if you can, if you can continue, you know, if you can continue to do it year in and year out, then. I don't guess it's that big of a deal, but like you said, you know, you rely on it pretty heavily, and if for one reason or another you end up falling down on it, it could come back and bite you in the ass. And that's the problem, too, with it is you're taking a really big risk with two signing days now because, I mean, you know, most of the guys sign today. Yeah. So the guy – the the player – the number of players still available is going down quickly, yeah. and – you better make it. You better make it count in February, or you're going to be in a world of hurt. But I, I, I think he will. He'll make it work. So we'll see. See what happens with uh, the remaining guys that uh, we're still waiting to hear from. Mainly Joe Crocker, and uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we may kind of follow up on this after the bowl game. See what happens. But speaking of the bowl game. Uh, we are a little over, what, two weeks away? A little under two weeks away. Yeah. From the ReliaQuest Bowl against Illinois, and I, I, you know, going back to going back to the leech thing, and you know, some people say it's kind of one of those things that's just meant to be. When they talked about whether or not State would would play in the bowl game or not, it's, I think it was uh, I don't know if it was Sid Salter that said it or somebody said, "Are you kidding me? We're playing in the only NFL stadium that has a pirate ship that actually fires the cannons. Of course, we're going to play the bowl game." There's no way we weren't playing that game. Absolutely. Oh, Leach! You know damn well Leach would have been pissed if, if they did. I mean, oh, uh, those helmets are sweet. Is that official? Is that what they're have, have they said officially that that's the design that they're going with? I hope so because that damn that thing looks nice. I know it's just a maroon and white Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
helmet, but it looks sweet. Yeah, I'm. I'm really hoping Adidas doesn't let us down on this one. I was kind of hoping that they could work out something with Illinois where we could actually swap and us be the home team and wear dark color, um, or just pull an LSU. You know, uh, say this is our color all the time. But yeah, so it, it it's just. <laughs> it's just I, I, ironic. I don't know if that's the word. Kismet, you know, one of those things that just crazy how it happens. And you right. know, one, I feel like Arnett is going to have this team motivated as if they needed more motivation, motivated and ready to play. And I, I really feel like these guys are going to go out there and they're going to give it their best for Coach Leach. And and do a good job of honoring his memory. And and it would be a great statement win because Illinois is a good team. They are. They got a really good defense. So and and against Bert of all people, love me some bail on the ball. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like I told somebody the other day. It, this is this Illinois team kind of plays right into our book, though. I mean, this is their defense is a lot like a lot of defenses we see every year. You know, they're, they're kind of built like an old school Big Ten, kind of an SEC defense. I mean, we're used to seeing these fast, big guys, and we've seen faster and bigger and had some success. So, I, I think uh, I think we'll be fine. I guess, and they lost their defensive coordinator, so there's that too. Ah. And I think we're going to see Woody Marks carry the ball 30 times in this game. I'd say a little bit of Simeon Price as well. Putting the line at 30. I'm putting putting the line. Okay. All right. If I'm putting the line on it, 27. 27. 27 carries for for, for running backs. I give it. For running backs total, not just for Woody Marks. Well, I – I really want to say – I really want to say just Woody Marks, but I think we will see – some Simeon Price, obviously DJ is not going to be in. So, uh, you know, I don't know how much of Price we really see, but I think uh, I think Woody's going to be a workhorse in this game for us. If you're giving me just Woody, I'll take the under. If you're giving me all running backs combined, I'll take the over. We'll we'll see, guys. So, anyways, bowl game January January second, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think I'm we said like, I think we said the other day it was the first, but no, it's the second. It, it, well, the first falls on a yeah a Super Bowl on a uh, NFL Sunday. So, oh yeah, they're not. Thank, good, thank, good, thank goodness we don't. I, oh, I know I don't work that Monday, so I do. You work it what? Yep, it'll be my first day back after ten straight days off. Well, I'm all I'm I'm off work for the rest of the year, so. Well, I've got to work oh. this Sunday, so. Okay, you. you got to work on Christmas Day. I do. Man, that sucks to suck. Yep. I need new jobs. <laughs> well, not all of us can be ballers like you. It's Lynn. not. It's not going to be this. I can promise you that. I can't make enough money off of this to. <laughs> to support to support my wife's Dr Pepper habit. <laughs> I'm about to say 
that's gonna be a t- that'd be a tough conversation to have in the Watson household. <laughs> Maybe I'm quitting my job to be a full time podcaster. Yeah, that, that's that's not gonna. <laughs> the bleep you are. She's like, no, you're not. <laughs> you put that shirt back on. You get your ass to your truck. And go, go back to, to work. Oh man. Well, looking forward to the bowl game. What are uh? All right, so let's let's do let's do a prediction because I'm just kind of looking forward. I don't plan on us doing a podcast next week with Christmas and all that. I'm gonna say we'll come back after the bowl game. So let's get it. Let's go ahead and get a prediction from you guys. Hey man, I'm off work all next week. If I can squeeze the podcast in this week, I'm good next week. I can do it whenever. Well, I cannot. So, yeah, <laughs> let's make it convenient for Josh. All about him. Yep. All about the host. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm about to say I got it is what it I is. Re- I got retweet. I got to promote this thing. My gosh, but you're doing a poor job of Lance. I'm calling you out right now. Is that, your, is that your airing of grievances for this week? No spoilers. Yes. Are you, are you talking about Jesse? Yeah. Yep, no spoilers. I, I, we I, haven't I, gotten I, to that segment yet. I did not see myself being part of the airing of grievances, but we're just airing it out. Okay, then. <laughs> get it out of your system. You need to vent, vent. We'll get there. We'll get there. So, anyway, kind of going off the rails there a little bit. Looking forward to the bowl game. Can't wait to see what the uniforms look like. Can't wait to see what the team does. I feel like I feel like State's going to play a good game. I feel like uh, the air raid modified is going to work, and I, th- I think we're going to see a bulldog victory on January second. I'll, I'll give you a score. I'll give you like twenty-four, twenty-one, something like that. Mm. Dogs. Dogs by fifty. I think it's going to be more like uh, thirty-five, twenty-three dogs. If Illinois score, if Illinois scores twenty-three, I'm. Well, I'm kidding. This is Iowa's offense. They're a little more competent than that. They're, yeah, they're they're a lot more competent than Iowa's offense. Yeah. So. Iowa, Kentucky game is going to be. So that's a sickos. That's I a just sickos game. You know, damn well I'm going to put money on that game. Yeah, I'm going to have to be drunk to watch that game. Listen, hey, if I put money on UConn and Vanderbilt last year, this is nothing. God, Lance, why don't you just go throw your money in the toilet and flush it? Hey, I'm going to Vegas in February, so. Good for Vegas. <laughs> I'm about to rob them blind. Yeah, okay. Look, I'm going to tell you like I tell everybody else that goes to Vegas. There's a reason they can build those buildings so big and keep the lights on. They ain't losing money. Yeah, do you know how many lights are in a casino? A lot, and they never turn off. That's from those big wigs, uh, like the big degenerate gambler for the old guys with cowboy hats rolling there drop a hundred grand like it's nothing says Not my- the guy that voted on that, that bet on vandy yukon <laughs> hey i won that bet thank you very much yeah the bad thing is you had to watch the game 
Oh, I didn't. I I clipped in every once in a while. I didn't watch the whole game. So, listen. Sometimes right. when you're when you're degenerate, you're degenerate. All right. Well. <laughs> how do we, good how do luck. We, good luck to you, Lounge. Good luck. Let's move on to bulldog basketball. We're gonna try. To, we're gonna try. We're gonna try not to uh, not to make Jesse go over too much. He's got to get out of here before long. So let's go on to bulldog basketball. Bulldog men's basketball has been playing like the devil, man, and then finally got to eleven and zero, and then ran up against the Drake team last night. The offensive woes finally caught up with them. Uh, just. Not a good night shooting the basketball. Hashtag fire James. Yeah, don't you be starting all that nonsense. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, oh, not, I'm not there uh, yet. I'm not starting it. I'm sure there's some of our idiotic fans on Twitter saying it. I've not seen one, so Look, I think we're I'm, good there. I'm, I'm shocked. Not, I am not that bad, but yeah. I'm not that bad. Look, man. Offensive woes, catching up. Just, okay, okay. <laughs> Offensive woes caught up with the dogs last night. Uh, looking at the uh, team stats. Uh, Reed led, uh, led State with 11 points and was 4 for 11. Uh, State shot the ball 38.5%. Actually had a higher a uh, higher field goal percentage than Drake last night, but the three-point game is what got him. Uh, State had a better percentage, but did not make as many. Took took a few uh, – uh, didn't make as many three-points. Excuse me. Um, shot seven for 19. Drake was 10 for 32. And final score, 52 to 58 in Drake's favor. But still – you kind of felt like this was coming after yeah. the poor performance against Jackson State and the, the poor performance against Nichols. Uh, you kind of felt like it was it was inevitable. And Drake's not a bad team. I mean, they're not. No, they're nine and three. Great, but they're they're not a bad team. You, you felt like uh, the the poor shooting that we've had, especially the last two games before this one. It you know at some point it was going to bite us, and it did. Uh, Eight, we just got to find five, a way to bounce five. back, and 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 we start conference play now. So I mean, we got to find a way to get on a roll here quick. Yeah, um, you play with fire. One too many times, you're eventually going to get burnt. And that, it's, it's probably a good thing they lost this right before conference play. This is a wake up call. Y'all need to do better. Like we'll call we'll call it a learning experience. Still, state has the best record right now. Now, granted, you know. Take that with a grain of salt. But State has the best record in the conference right now. Yeah. 11-1, and one, ranked number 15 as of as of today, I think. Uh, first in the SEC. You know, you drop a, you drop a close game to Drake. And, and at the end, I mean, it was a one until, – until you get into, you know, fouling at the end of the game and send them to the free throw line. It was, it was a one – it was a two-point game at the very end. So, you know, 
I'm not I'm not super upset about it. I think use it as a learning experience and move forward, get ready for conference play. But still, 11 and one. I don't know that anybody saw this coming in Chris Jan's first year here. That's just incredible. The Nobody. If, if somebody says they saw it coming, they're lying. My only complaint is that um, this is on, or last night was on Baller TV, whatever the yeah. hell that is. Yeah, exactly. So I was following along with GameCast. I wasn't. I wasn't downloading Baller TV for nine ninety nine a game. Yeah, hard pass on that. And it looked like an Oak Hill Academy <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> Not a fan is Jesse of the Baller TV. I, can, I don't. Which, which is worse, Baller TV or Flow Sports? Yeah, it's even worse than Flow Sports. Too. The broadcast was Flow Sports horrible. wasn't bad for me. So, I feel like that loss to Drake was kind of like Lance said, kind of a wake up call. I would rather lose that game in a close one than than start conference play at home against Alabama and just get absolutely destroyed. Because well, we that's still a possibility. Well, that's still a possibility. a possibility, but it's not going to be a. I don't think it's going to be a blowout because we walked in there with a big head. Um, no. I, I, I think maybe you know. I don't know if this team was had a big head, was overinflated, but if they were, that loss to Drake certainly helped that. I don't, think, team. I don't think it's that. I, I I don't think it's that. I think you know we've we've said all year you've kind of had offensive woes all year and your defense has been what's been winning. Man, this sounds like football. I your know. Defense Are we talking is, about football? Yeah. <laughs> your defense has been what has been keeping you in games and winning you games, and which is good because the saying goes, defense travels. Typically, you're going to be able to play defense somewhat consistently whether you're home or away. Offense does not – that doesn't translate to offense. Now – that being said, you, you I think you use it as an opportunity for improvement, move forward, get ready for conference play against Alabama on the 28th. We'll see how it goes. Dang, dang good team. Brandon Miller is going to be first-round talent, in my opinion. I watched him against Gonzaga. Good night. That dude's good. Yeah. So. They're going to have to, they're gonna have to play their A game. So men's basketball eleven and one, women's basketball eleven and two. Uh, since the loss to Nebraska, they have picked up six straight wins. Last, uh, t- actually today, I think, uh, beat New Mexico eighty-seven to fifty-eight, and Jessica Carter uh, leading the team in scoring with twelve point nine points per game. And a fifty-three point four percent field goal percentage. Just you know, between Jans and Purcell, I, I just I feel like I feel like our basketball program's headed back in the right direction. You know, you kind of you kind of might have had a little rocky road there for for a few years, but I feel like now we've got the ship righted and and we're starting back down back down the proper path of having some success. I think so too. And the women women have a really really good shot this year to have some success in conference play. Uh, I mean, the, the conference, you know, SEC is not not very good in women's basketball. 
I mean, if you look on the schedule, we have two ranked opponents in conference play as of right now, the whole time. We have to we have South Carolina at home and we have Arkansas at home. Those are the only two ranked opponents we play the whole year. We don't play Tennessee. Tennessee's not ranked. ranked. Tennessee, I was really? just about to say Tennessee seven and six, which is shocking. So I mean, well, you know, they, the girls have a have a really good chance to to make a good run. I mean, it, you know, it's very very possible. The now, men have a have a much harder harder way to get there, but the schedule does favor us. I don't know. SEC men's kind of mid this year. That's out of a couple teams. Kentucky doesn't look great. Auburn doesn't look great. Arkansas looks like the one real good team. Tennessee at times does. Other than Alabama has moments, but we get Bama twice. We get Bama twice. We get Tennessee twice. Uh, We get Kentucky at home, and we get Arkansas. I mean, it's not it's not an impossible schedule. I said a few weeks ago. our, our schedule favors us, and it really does because we get Alabama and Tennessee. We played both of those teams twice in the first six games of conference play. After that, it lets up tremendously as far as strength of schedule goes. So, looking at this, I feel like Tennessee's record, uh, since we talked about that, is a little misleading. Uh, their losses this season are to number 14, Ohio State, number 12, Indiana, UCLA, Gonzaga, number nine, Virginia Tech, and number two, Stanford. So they're seven and six, but they've they played a, a pretty heavy schedule up to this point. Respectable losses. Respectable losses. So it'd be nice if we could uh, hand them one more. So men's basketball, really hoping – that uh, we see a good crowd at the hump on the 28th. I won't be there. I will be in Huntsville. I will be in South Florida. So, Are y'all going to go but, to the bowl game? You're not, are you? No. Mm-hmm. I wish. Um, I say we need, to, uh, we need to get together and go to the uh, the Ole Miss game, basketball game. January set. Well, no, it's at 1 p.m. Never mind. What's well, on the weekend, though? It's a Saturday. It's on the weekend, so January seventh. That's a possibility. Yay! Yeah, I need to get. Yeah, that's what we need. Get good and tuned up, and then go to the uh, go to the old Miss and State basketball game. And then the following week, on the seventeenth, we get uh, which is a uh, Wednesday or Tuesday, we get uh, Tennessee at home at six o'clock. So. We need to try to make as many home games as we can this year. That sounds like a great idea. Get out and support your uh, Bulldogs basketball program because they're doing good things. Pack the hump. Some people are not doing good things. And I have a problem with some of those people. So we're going to talk about it. It's the last segment of the show. It's the part we like to call the airing of grievances. Welcome, newcomers. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. All right, it's time for the airing of grievances. We've got problems. People are going to hear about it. Lounge, 
who you got a problem with this week? Listen. You know how, like, if you're at a four-way stop and you let someone go ahead of you, like, I'm, I'm a usually a courteous guy. For numerous times today, like, there, there's no, like, just a, hey, thank you, all that, thank you for all that such. I believe it should be perfectly legal. If they don't, if you give them a wave and they don't give you a wave, you should be able to get underneath them and just kind of, and just kind of, or at last second, cut in front of them instead after you thought, after you let them in, but they don't wave to you. If you're not courteous to me back, I feel like I should say, you know what? F you. I've got an idea. And I've been saying this for years. I think you're going to like it. So, I believe that it should be 100% legal to pit maneuver people. If somebody cuts you off or if somebody's driving like an asshole or being an idiot, I think it should be 100% legal to get up underneath them and put them in the ditch. Now, here's the catch. I've heard this. I've heard this joke. I've heard this somewhere. You probably heard it from me because I probably told you before. <laughs> here's the catch. I, actually, I heard. I heard it from Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, really? Yes. Well, here's my catch to it, though. You only get twelve a year, so kind of like the little frequent mm. buyer cards you get at like the ice cream places where they punch out a hole for every time you go get a an ice cream cone or something like that, you get 12 a year. You can do one per month. You can do all 12 in December, whatever. But you only get 12 a year. And every time you run somebody off the road, the cop comes up to you, you hand him your license, he punches a hole out, and you just go on your way. Now, the alternative side for that is if you don't have any any left, then you go to jail. But Or you get the, you get the hell up out of there, next thing you know, you're on an episode of Cops. <laughs> Either way, that's that's my that's my proposal. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna we need to propose it. You need to tweet that at Tate Greaves and see what he thinks about it. I mean, I like I like the idea. I, I the mean, ins- the if, insurance that, it, the insurance I mean, companies you, aren't going to like it, but I like it. I mean, if that was your platform and you're running for mayor of Starkville, I'd vote for you. I threatened to run for mayor of Starkville anyway, but my wife won't let me. Why not? I just don't want the pain that goes along with it. I I heard that. So, yeah, that's that's my idea though. Um, my airing of grievances this week is a little more serious because I have a significant problem and have for a while, but this just cemented it. I have a problem with the Clarion Ledger and their writers. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Specifically, and I kept the receipts for this because when I saw it come out, I was, one, disgusted, and two, flabbergasted. One, I have a problem with you, Ross Riley of the Mississippi Clarion Ledger, who, when writing an article about Coach Leach before his passing while he was in the hospital fighting for his life, 
decided to bring up the incident with that crooked son of a bitch, Craig James, at Texas Tech, and all that crap. And you think you feel the need when a man is in serious condition to put something like that in your article on ClarionLedger.com. I really don't even want y'all to go read it because don't give them any more views than you have to. It's a piece of shit newspaper. Just get your information from the onion or something instead. I don't know. So that one. Babylon Bay's a good a good place. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Don't go to the Clarion Ledger. Because they're dumbasses. Ross Riley, you sicken me. And you should be ashamed for writing that article at the time that you did and how you worded all that. Number two. I had two of these. Oh. Maxwell Donaldson of the Mississippi Clarion Ledger. I'm calling you out too. Because Maxwell Donaldson. Maxwell Good. Donaldson. He looks like an old Miss grad. Because this one not as not as distasteful perhaps in the actual writing, but the timing of it come on man. This was 24 minutes after the other article I just told you about. And Maxwell Donaldson writes, Get to know interim Mississippi State football coach Zach Arnett, who's filling in for Mike Leach. Mike Leach was in the hospital during this. I mean, this was in the middle of the unknown when everything was happening. Y'all are supposed to be journalists. I'm not a journalist. Lounge isn't a journalist. Jesse's not a journalist. We, we don't have, you know, the training or the responsibility to put out articles in a timely manner and know how to, how to handle this stuff. But shit, I feel like we did a better job of this than they did. Now, granted, I mean, we weren't right in the middle of it like that. But come on, guys. Do better. The second guy, check your timing. The first guy... Don't be a piece of shit and write an article like that while the guy's in the hospital. That's the those, problem I have. Those are some solid, solid grievances right there. But just, not, I hate to say it, they're they're becoming less relevant by the day. And, and nobody wants their nobody reads newspapers anymore. Nobody's gonna pay us. For over a wall to read their articles. I mean, you already shut, pissed off about 85 90% of the Mississippi State fan base. <laughs> Might as well piss off. I'm about to say, if they hadn't, they sure, did, they sure did piss off the rest of them. Just ridiculous. I mean, they just, just when I think they couldn't get any dumber, they go and do something else. So. <laughs> I'm sure one either. Well, they probably won't even listen to it. But if they do, I'm sure we'll probably get like a cease and desist letter. I'll I'll tweet it at them. Okay, good deal. Idiots. (laughs) Jesse had to get out of here, guys. So um, that's going to be our show for this week. Uh, Just wanted to say y'all be sure to continue to remember the uh, Leach family in your prayers. Uh, especially during Christmas time. And also want to wish 
want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas. We may be on next week. We may wait until after the bowl game. We'll see. And I didn't say this earlier, but uh, this episode of Prisoners of the Moment is brought to you by a nice little sip of rum for the pirate. And with that, you'll see our uh, our outro music today is also going to uh, gonna honor the pirate Mike Leach. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hope everyone has a Merry Christmas. For Jesse Young and Lounge Dog, I'm Josh Watson. You've been listening to the Prisoners of the Moment podcast. We will see you next time. Mother, Mother Ocean, I have heard you call. Wanted to sail upon your waters since I was three feet tall. You've seen it all. You've seen it all. Watch the man who rode you. Switch from sails to steam And in your belly you hold the treasures You have ever seen Most of them dream Most of them dream Yes, I am a pirate Two hundred years too late The cannons don't thunder Just a few friends Just a few friends